0: Hello, and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Marika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the City of London, yoga teacher, and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind, and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi Jack how are you?
1: I'm great thanks for so much for having me on this is exciting.
0: Cool I'm uh, really keen on talking about building passive income because it's the goal of many of my listeners uh, many of my clients and even mine I've been on that path for quite some time so it's a really good way to not solely rely on your work and I'm really keen to hear about your method so if I say a bit about you, so you're a wealth-building strategist and you help six-figure earners to create more or multiple streams of passive income. You also have a podcast called the Indestructible Wealth Podcast, and you've done public events from 10 people to stadiums filled with 30,000. So that's quite a, a wide range. So can you tell us a bit about you and how you've built your wealth?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know... Back when I was uh, 19, I was a freshman in college, and I was presented with a business opportunity and in direct sales. And, you know, a lot of people, they have different conceptions or opinions about the direct sales, the network marketing, multi-level marketing industry. But for people that don't have much money, but they have a lot of uh, desire, and they have a lot of, they have more time, and they have energy, and they're, you know, they're re- willing to put in the, the hustle, you know, Starting businesses is a great way to, you know, create passive income if they have the right structure and you approach them properly. But right just prior to that, or actually that first few weeks where I was getting started in that business, I was working on my uncle's farm. He has a, a huge farm business. He was like kind of like my uh, my rich dad, right? He had uh, three different companies. He had a huge farming operation, a huge book of insurance business. And so I worked on his farm, clearing off, you know, debris. And at the end of it, I turned in my timesheet for 20 hours. It gave me $100. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. (laughs) Just that like same week, I made a sale in my nutrition business for 200 bucks. I made a $100 profit on that, right? So and that took like 20, 30 minutes. So that's when I realized right then, you know, profits are definitely better than wages. And I don't ever want to work for anybody again. Don't care who it is, even if it's somebody like I love and respect. I'm not going to be dictated on how much I can make, and so that was the that was the beginning of business. And I I built up that business over 15 years and had created some nice cash flow from that. And I wanted a place to put it. You know, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't like stocks. I don't like the um, that I can't control them. I don't like. I don't like a lot of things about them. There's a lot of manipulation and and they just require a lot of patience and I don't have that. (laughs) So my opinion has always been, you know, if you're in business, the best stock you'll ever own is your own business stock. You know, all of us have stock in our own company. So that's the most important fundamental to me is put invest back into your own business. You know, treat your business as the most important investment that you own. It's the most important asset that you own. And then from there, diversify. And that's when I started investing in real estate about a decade ago. I've been doing that ever since I started a real estate company. And um, that's another great way to create passive income. And we can dive into that as the conversation flows. And then uh, I've started some other businesses since then as well, but I'm talking too long. So go ahead.
0: <laughs> so why do you think it's so important to create so to build passive income?
1: Well, to me, it's, you know, if you want lifestyle, you know, and you want to have consistency with your income, there's only one way and that's creating passive income, right? So I'm looking at, you know, there's businesses where, for example, I started 25 years ago and I'm still getting paid today, regardless of, you know, how much effort or time or energy that I put into it. And that creates lifestyle freedom, which in turn is For example, we were gone the last two weeks. We went to uh, Los Angeles for a week for a, you know, a fun and business training. And then we went with the family to Montana in the US for a ski trip. So gone two weeks. And yeah, it didn't matter as far as the income. Income kept flowing in and multiple sources, multiple streams kept flowing in. And so it allows us and our family to just design and live an extraordinary life. And there's been times, you know, Rika, where I've had some down times in my life the last 25 years. I mean, I've had challenges. I've had times where, you know, I was just really burnt out, maybe depressed and uh, going through some personal, you know, struggles, Some bad things happen. Passive income allowed me to settle, sit back and just go attack those problems head on and not worry about making money at that time. Mm -hmm. You're all we're all going to get times in our life where we're going to be knocked down. Okay. You know, it's inevitable. And it's going to happen in the most unexpected ways. and you could be knocked down for a year. One of my business partners she had cancer for you know a year, life threatening, very almost terminal cancer, and she fought it off. But because she had passive income coming in, she didn't have to stress about money and stress and financial duress, that causes a lot of you know health issues, it causes physical you know issues. And so she was able to beat that, I believe, my opinion. She was able to beat the cancer because the finances kept rolling in, you know, every month, didn't have to worry about it. And she could just put all her energy and her time on healing and focusing on her her nutrition plan, and she beat it, right? So that's a big example of how important passive income is, but that is what happens to humans. We will have challenges and we will need to step back and not have to worry about earning money
0: Mm -hmm. and i love this example because even though as you said they're big but it really shows that you have more freedom that you can dedicate your energy to something else which matters most or more in in some period of your life so yeah and who do you think could or should do it is there any minimum wealth figure that you need to have or or any prerequisite in order to do passive income streams?
1: My first passive income was $14. And I was excited about that because I knew what it represented. I knew that it represented the seed, the beginning of big streams of passive income and more of them. But just start with one and get something just small and just be grateful for it. I think sometimes people would look at that, "Ah, it's only $14, this is stupid, this is a joke. But yet, I didn't treat it that way. I looked at it as, this is the beginning of something really great. So just start small and build your confidence up and learn.
0: Yeah. And I love that because a lot of people would basically push or put barriers saying I don't have enough or no, I can't do it because X, Y, Z. And you're showing that actually everybody could do it. And yeah, you need to find your own way. And, and so, on. so how many different income streams do you recommend having? And, and I love, I have a statistic that I often use is that millionaires have an average of seven different ones.
1: Yeah, we've had as many as 21. It's way too many. But a lot of them were like just, you know, some of them were just really small. And I don't discount those, though. I think uh, any passive income stream that's coming in is is great. But uh, I think a lot of that was me as in forming my platform, Indestructible Wealth, and just wanting to learn. The only way that I've really learned is by doing and taking action, right, mm-hmm. and getting and getting into the game. I'm not sitting on the sidelines. So we, you know, since then, I think I've probably consolidated that down. I don't even know. I haven't done a recent count of how many we have. I don't care that much. I think seven is more than plenty. You know, I think if you have even three or four really good, diversified, strong sources of passive income, I mean, that is, that's a great plan. I mean, you're well protected and you're well diversified much more than, you know, Pretty much everybody else on the on the planet. So, but yeah, I think you know the one thing about that I think is key for people to understand. Yeah, the average millionaire has seven, but they started in hyper focused for probably a long time on just one or two, Mm -hmm. and so you don't want to diversify so much too early that you have multiple streams of distraction and not, you know, the real deal is having multiple streams of of passive income, but yet you want to do it to where You've really, really focused and dialed in on one main thing that you're really good at, and you go after that with relentlessness and you know, just total all in mentality. And as that grows and you expand, then you know, you can start looking at other things. So it's to me, it's like a funnel, right? Except the funnel's upside down, you know, you got first. The The first part of that, if you look at the funnel, right, it's very narrow at the top, if it's upside down, and then it starts to widen as you go. That's the way I look at building up your wealth.
0: Yeah. And I think, again, it's a super wise advice, because otherwise, if you want to do everything at the same time, of course, you won't have as much dedication. You would not necessarily build all that knowledge. And, and you would be like probably average everywhere instead of being super good at something. If we now give like examples of different passive income, and I'm not pretending that I have all of the list because there's so many different ones, but just like as a, to give an overview. So we have interests uh, from deposit accounts. We have dividend from stocks. We have coupons that are coming from bonds. We can have capital gain when we sell and buy something with a premium. We have rental income for properties that could be direct, but as well indirect through funds. There's possibility to have royalties, also a course online, and so on, and so on, and so on. So any big one that I've missed?
1: Yeah, the biggest of businesses. True. (laughs) You know, and here's the thing. It depends on how you run it and how it's structured, right? So for example, if I buy a chiropractic business, for example, okay, and I'm a chiropractor and I buy this business and then I go in and I'm the one hands-on, I'm the one doing the work and adjustments, then I bought a job. I am a operator, right? So I'm a business operator. And then the flip side of that, for example, our team, my high return real estate team, we just built a, uh, bought a tax firm. And this was maybe six to eight months ago. So the team... Okay, one of my partners is running that tax firm. Now I have like I want to say 13-14 equity in it. We're about to get our first dividend check, you know, distribution of profits. And I have no idea how much it's gonna be at all. It's great, whatever it is. <laughs> but that to me is a passive income stream because there has been zero time involved for myself. Now my partner. Tyler, he's the one that's, you know, he's in the trenches. He's in the office every day from sunup to sundown. So for him, it's not a passive income stream. Of course, he's making a lot more money than I am because he's the one that's, you know, got, he's in the deal and he's making, he's making, earning the bread, but I have a business. I bought a business. I'm not the operator. I'm a business owner with equity and I'm getting a share of profits and i have other businesses like that and so the biggest for me my biggest sources of passive income are my businesses the second biggest is my real estate
0: okay so if we go back to either the businesses or the real estate how do you get the deals or how do you get the ideas or what kind of things you look at in terms of in your decision making
1: you know, you can either start a business or you can buy a business. I think the startup process of building a business is very difficult. I've done it now. I think I'm on my fourth one. And, you know, it's, it's really hard. And I've vowed that I'm never going to do it again. Although I don't know if I completely trust that that's really true. <laughs> but I think maybe I've got one more in me and it's better be really big and really good. And it's going to be a long time out. But if you're looking at it, you know, like if you're starting up a business, of course, it's never going to be passive income in the beginning. But what matters is as you build it out, that you have systems, processes, and most importantly, team mm-hmm. leaders that can run that business for you that you trust that then you're going to leverage off of their efforts. So I don't have a lot of experience, honestly, in buying businesses. Most of my deal as an entrepreneur is startups, you know, starting it up and bootstrapping it typically with my own money, and then building teams to where then I can remove myself out of daily operations. And now I have a mostly passive income stream, although I can't, you can't say it's 100% passive, right? Because I still have decisions that I have to make and, you know, interfacing with the team and whatnot, but it's very largely passive income. So buying businesses, you know, I think the biggest opportunity of the next decade is going to be buying businesses from aging baby boomers that are really like solid, good cash flow producing businesses. And I have so many examples just around like that have kind of popped up since I started looking into this, that I see where this person built this business up, but they're in their seventies or whatever, and they want to pass it on, but maybe they don't have a a kid to pass it on to. So now they need to sell it. They want to get the equity out of it. And there's not a huge market for those types of businesses. So I think it's an incredible opportunity for somebody that doesn't want to go through the startup business, buy a business, but just make sure that you're not buying a job where you have to be there. If you have to be there every day, then, you know, you bought a job, you didn't buy a business.
0: Yeah. And in terms of tickets, what would you say in terms of implication? What amount are we talking about? Is it a few hundred thousand? Is it bigger tickets?
1: That's a great question. It can vary substantially, right? So the tax firm, I think we bought for maybe 800,000, but we only put 75,000 down, like the rest of it was seller financed. So in other words, the seller is instead of us going to the bank and, and borrowing money to buy the business from him. He said, OK, I will be the bank. I'll carry this note. And then you guys got to, you know, pay it off, make payments, pay it off, et cetera. So there is a way, you know, you can get into businesses for very little cash down. And I think that's the strategy to go, especially if you don't have, you know, a few hundred thousand cash sitting in the bank, which most people don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, it's amazing to give an ID because I had no clue you could have these kind of notes from the previous owner or this kind of thing. So again, I don't think it's common knowledge. Actually, you can buy a company, of course, a small share, but still significant with not a big down payment, which would really pull off a lot of people. So yeah, thank you. And you said you had um, a real estate as well, business. So for me, I mean, I'm curious to know, because again, you've spoken about, is it really 100% of passive income? Because sometimes you still need to make decisions and so on. And for me, definitely real estate, especially if it's direct, whoa, you still need to manage tenants, you deal with issues, you need to refurbish every so often. So so what's your view on it?
1: I totally agree with you. I say that, you know, I have an ebook and it's a free ebook people can grab on my website myindestructiblewealth.com and it goes through 12 different passive income streams that are in my opinion are strong and great ideas and where I have probably most of my money invested are on those 12 ideas or com- or some of them. I don't think I have all of them on there. But <laughs> it is not a 100% passive by any stretch. You know, you can set up to where it's predominantly mostly passive if you have a good management team. But at the end of the day, I mean, you still have a business when you have a rental property. You have, you know, rental income coming in, and then you have lots of expenses coming out of that. You have taxes, insurance. If you have a property manager, which if you want it to be passive, you got to have a property manager. You've got maintenance and repairs. Things break all the time. I mean, if you ever lived in your house this my house things break all the time right and the bigger the house the more things break and the more expensive those things that break so i think real estate is a phenomenal play to do passive income but there's different ways you can play the game that don't require you to be directly controlling real estate for example if you're just starting out with a few hundred bucks You could go on a crowdfunding website like uh, Fundrise, fundrise fundrise.com. That's one that's really, I think that's really reputable, really good. And you could put in as little as a hundred bucks. I just opened up an account just to test it out and I put in a hundred bucks and, you know, you get uh, dividends and, you know, from the rents on those, on the fund. And then, so that's a great way to kind of start off, in my opinion, into the real estate, get some experience, but not have to have direct control. The next step is kind of we play Monopoly. We get to try to build the four green houses. So that's where you want to start buying rental property. Usually, you know, you need 30, 40, 50 grand in the US to buy a rental property because you're putting 25% down. You don't want to get a property under 100,000 typically, in my opinion. I've done a lot of that. It's very difficult to manage those the tenant base in those types of properties. There's just lots of problems that come up. Let me put it that way. So, if you have direct control over real estate, it's an incredible wealth building tool, but you just got to go in knowing the cash flow is not going to be as incredible as you think it's going to be, but you can really build wealth through the growth of the value of the property, and that's, you know, another form of income that's I'd say pretty pretty passive is the equity growth. And then the the other way is once you've built up some a portfolio of rental property, man, trade those things in and take the equity and roll that into bigger deals, like what it calls syndication. And that's uh, bigger deals. That'd be pooling investor money together with other people, usually in increments of 50 to 100K. And you buy stuff like self-storage, multifamily apartments. We're doing car washes right now with our team. We're raising capital for buying car washes. And those are incredible cash flow producing businesses and very, very passive if you do deals like that. So there is different ways to play the real estate game where you can be 100% passive, semi-passive, or if you want to buy rental property and manage it yourself, then you bought a business and you're, you're the operator.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it. Again, I like the big view and I like the different options you have. And you really concentrated on wealth that is indestructible. So what are the key principles to be sustainable and really have that long-term view?
1: Well, you know, there's there really is no indestructible wealth. I mean, for example, I interviewed one of my original mentors and guides, James Ray, on my podcast, and he was up featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show. He had a he was on the movie The Secret. Uh, he was probably the main guy on The Secret. So he was selling out events and then he had a tragedy he was running a sweat lodge ceremony and uh, three people passed away in it you know and and so they he ended up getting um sued and went to prison and it was pretty sad and he went from 20 million in net worth to negative 20 million right so you would have thought well he's indestructible wealth with 20 million well no money can always be taken away from us right but what we want to do is to me indestructible wealth is your mindset it's okay everything could be taken away from me but i'll build it right back because i have the skills and the mindset and the belief in myself that i can do that the other part of indestructible wealth is i have assets that have stood the test of time for the last hundred years or so that it all unless a nuclear bomb drops you know they're not going anywhere that'd be gold and silver Whole life insurance policies are very indestructible. I mean, they've, they've paid out for 100, 200 years. I mean, real estate is not going to be destructible provided you have an insurance policy on it. So those are, those are assets that are going to be very, stand the test of time. You want to have some of those in your portfolio that will anchor you and create that indestructible wealth.
0: Mm-hmm. And again, it's super clear. So thanks. I really like it. So now I'm thinking there's a lot of people who always kind of find excuses. So some of them would be, oh, I want to enjoy now and I don't necessarily want to think about the future or oh, I don't have enough money. But as you said, actually, there's a lot of things which are much more accessible than you think. What would you reply to these people?
1: I have a quote right here. This is, um, it's a book called the Wright brothers. It's by David McCullough. It's about two of the most amazing humans that have ever Walk the planet that were created flight, right? They were the ones to discover how to get a mechanized, powered, heavier than air aircraft up into the air, right? And uh, Wilbur and Orville Wright. And so this book, I mean, for anybody that wants to learn how to build wealth and and get through adversity, I mean, it's, it's this is incredible guide and resource of what they did. But one of the uh, one of the reporters had asked him if he had conquered air like if they had done several flights, right? They'd done flights now where the crowd was watching them circle overhead, you know, multiple times. And he said, no, we have not conquered the air. He said, a man who works for the immediate present and its immediate rewards is nothing but a fool. Hmm. Wow. A man who only works for the immediate rewards, man or woman, right? But if you're only looking for the immediate, a short-term gratification, he's saying you're a fool. I kind of have to agree a bit. It's a little harsh, but that's just saying like that you don't have a longer-term perspective. And if you're only living in the moment and for the now, then you really don't have much chance to build any sort of meaningful wealth and to create this passive income. You've got to the first step to create passive income is living below your means. So whatever your income is, you've got to be under that. And the the more that you're under that, the faster that the wealth process for yourself happens. If you want to retire early and enjoy your family and have this incredible lifestyle where you're taking all these trips and doing all these cool things together, then you have to be aggressive in the early stages of living below your means. And that means you're, you're delaying gratification pushing out that gratification down the road to where, you know, the way I look at it, you can have 10 times more if you, if you delay gratification.
0: Hmm. Cool. And any other advice that you would give or tips you want to share?
1: Yeah. I think that again, if you look at all the ways that you can create passive income, and I look at what's for me, you know, real estate is a phenomenal tool to be able to create wealth and to create streams of cash flow. But I believe based on my own experience that businesses are going to give you much higher cash flow, much stronger returns. Now, if you're not cut out for business and not everybody is, then you've got to look at things to where, you know, you can deploy your money into those assets and that they give you additional streams. There's lots of different ways that you can go, as you hinted at, and and I agree, there's lots of different ways you can create passive income. But the most important component is the mindset of understanding what passive income is, hunger for it, craving it, wanting it so bad that you're willing to go through all the learning and the the mistakes that you're going to make and the setbacks that you're going to have to be able to create it. It is not easy to create passive income. I do not want to paint that picture at all. But there is, if you put your mind to it, it absolutely can be done. And you'll get better and better at it as you go, as you learn, and you'll start to see where is it that I kind of like, what do I enjoy doing to create passive income? Or what are the investments that seem to be more geared towards me and you'll start to figure out your lane but you have to first have the desire for the passive income i think the number one goal and i agree with it most people tell me they want 10,000 a month passive income because for most people that would cover like a lot of their basic livings you know they could live a good life with 10,000 a month passive income so that'd be the major goal. The first major goal It's going to take you a while to get to there, no matter what you do, business, real estate, or anything else. So you really just want to, you want to be patient with yourself. It is, it's a multi-year process to get to that point from scratch. Mm.
0: And thanks again for saying it's not that easy because when we think passive income, oh, it just happens, you know, you you don't do anything, money comes, <laughs> but actually it's really like a path. So yeah, thanks again for saying
1: It's so difficult to create because you, you know, if you, whether you put your money to work well, you had to create the money, which is hard. And if you have a business, well, you had to build that business, which is hard. So you have either people at work or money at work, right? That's how you create passive income.
0: Mm, Yeah. And uh, last question before we finish, which portion of your monthly revenues come from passive income?
1: Oh, most of it. You know, we have, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think of the breakdown, but I would say from my private businesses, which I own four, I'd say most of our income is passive within those businesses. The only one that's not passive right now is Indestructible Wealth, which is my financial consulting coaching business. And uh, it's a startup still, right? It's still in the startup stage. And I'm still trying to figure out, you know, my... Uh, you know, how to play this game. This is a whole new game for me, online, digital marketing, building a a (laughs) brand up, it's not easy to figure out. (laughs) And so it's struggle. I'm in a struggle on the struggle bus trying to figure this out. So this is where I put most of my time, but my other businesses create, you know, those are all passive. So I'd say, yeah, about 90% of my income is completely passive.
0: Super inspiring. Thank you so much, Jack, for this discussion. Uh, Super interesting, super clear, and it's really about going to the next level and be more and more financially independent so that you live the life you want. So, yeah, super inspiring. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, I would definitely encourage all your listeners if they want to get that free guide. I also have a long form book. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I have a mastermind on how to buy real estate property, get ten properties in the next two years. That I'm going to be teaching. It's in a Indestructible Wealth Academy. So all that you can find right on my site, myindestructiblewealth.com. And love what you're up to and what you're teaching. And I just think there's more financial education the better. There's a real shortage of people like you and I that are giving people the uh, the training that they never got in school. So it's mm. great to, to be on your show. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.